Hello, hello, my above average tribe, and welcome back to the A Minus Life podcast. I am your host, Casey Jericho. And once again, I am so happy to have you here listening, and I hope we can laugh, learn, and grow together. Before I get into the topic for this week, I want to remind you guys that every review, like, share is so appreciated and really helps me and this channel out. So if you're not too busy while listening to this, it would be very appreciated if you could subscribe to this podcast or my YouTube channel, leave a rating, uh, leave a raving review on either platform. Also, please share with family, friends, even mortal enemies. I want to uh, also remind you guys that even though I have turned into a professional podcaster, my true love is my one-on-one lifestyle coaching company and our lifestyle app. If you are ready to make some sustainable and enjoyable change and learn what feeling good actually feels like, please click on the link in our show notes, on my Instagram, or on my website and join the team. You can use code A-LIFE10, spell out minus, to get 10% off any package you choose as a thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And now that my lovely spiel is over, let's keep showing up and get into it. Hello. All right. So this week we are going to talk about reverse diets. Now, I'm assuming if you are a normal listener, you are somewhat up to date or aware of some of the diet and health and fitness lingo. And if you are, you've probably heard the term reverse diet before. But if you are new to this podcast or just new to the health and fitness world and you're like, what the heck is that? The only reverse thing I know is Uno and my car. I will explain it to you. Um, For the people that do know what it is, you probably see it a lot on social media, right? It gets a lot of attention and it kind of has the claim that people are eating more while losing weight. And why can people claim that? How does that make any sense? Why do people claim that they have to add calories to their diet, right? What does this all mean? What does a reverse diet mean? Why is it not a bulk, right? If you're adding calories to your diet. Um, And and before we go over what an actual reverse diet is, I do want to clarify what the three phases of dieting are. So when I name drop them in the explanation of reverse diet, you know what the heck I'm talking about. And it's super important that everyone knows the phases of dieting, right? Dieting is not cutting calories. Your diet is what a human eats. So there are different kinds of diets you can be on. So the first phase is called maintenance. Now, this means you are eating equal to what you are burning. Now, this is going to be different every single day in a range, right? It's not going to be different by thousands of calories or thousands of, you know, things that you burn. It's going to vary, you know, zero, I guess, to about 100, 150 calories a day, like a sliding scale, maybe even 200, but let's say zero to 150. 
because you don't walk the same exact steps every day. You don't do the same exact workout every day. You don't have the same exact life experiences every single day. So your maintenance calories, equal in, equal out, is going to be a little bit of a sliding scale. This is where you want to spend most of your life, which is kind of hard for people to hear since most people spend their life attempting to cut calories, right? This is your happy place. This is where you're living at homeostasis, right? What you're putting in is what you're getting out. You can go out to eat a little bit more. You can be a little bit more flexible with what your your experiences and the events you say yes to, um, you know, it's, it's a good place to be. It's hopefully a good amount of food. It's also paired with good workouts. This is the place where body recomposition happens the most too, where you're eating enough that your body can still create muscle and lose body fat. So this is the phase that sometimes people don't see the scale move at all, but they're losing two, three, four inches on their waist and their hips. Right? This is an awesome place. This is where, you, again, you should spend most of your life. You should not spend most of your life cutting calories. Now, that leads us into phase two. Phase two is what we call a cut, a caloric deficit. This, in real world, is what people kind of refer to when they use the word diet. I'm on a diet. Really, that just means I'm on eating food, Right? What they mean by it is I'm restricting calories. And that's what a cut is called. This is where you eat less than you burn. This is intended for body fat loss or weight loss, really, where you want to see the number on the scale go down. This is where most people bounce to every Monday, but then quit almost every Friday, right? This is the on and off again, yo-yo dieting, hamster wheel, cut, scenario that so many people are on. There, These should be 6 to 12 weeks max, right? You're not doing these for 3, 4, 5-month bouts. You are also not doing them every other week or every 3 months, right? You should maybe cut your calories twice a year max, right? I do it like maybe once a year. Uh, I haven't done a true cut in about three years, but it's not something that you want to keep going in and out of because like I've said in other podcasts, your body adapts to cutting calories. So the more you do it, the more you start over and cut your calories, the easier it is for your body to adapt, the harder it is to lose weight. These diets, these cuts should suck. They are not fun. There should be no booze. There should be minimal meals out, like once a week, if that. You should be eating as many meals cooked by your own hands as you possibly can, right? They, You should be hungry. You may feel a little bit low in energy. You may not be sleeping as well, but that's the point. You are adding a stressor onto your body to lose weight. This is another reason why you shouldn't do them all the time. You shouldn't put this stressor on your body constantly or else internal health is going to get sacrificed. But again, cutting calories should be a sacrifice. You should be restricting. You should be saying no to things. And that's why people do it great Monday through Thursday. And then when the weekend and social events come, they take a break and then they start again Monday. And then they wonder why five months down the road, they're not seeing any progress. 
Phase three is a bulk. This phase probably won't get touched by 99% of us out there. Um, I do dabble in it every once in a while. A couple of my clients have, but this is where you purposely eat more than you burn, right? This is growing season. This is a great phase to go in over winter. Um, this is where you want to grow muscle, right? Your muscle does not just appear. So if you are anything but a beginner, you're going to have to give your body excess calories to grow muscle. It doesn't just happen. Like money doesn't grow on trees. Muscle doesn't just grow on bodies. You need to give your body extra calories to create that muscle from. And that's why you would possibly go into a bulk with the intention of then going into a cut to get rid of the body fat that comes along with a bulk. You should not enter this phase if you are not okay with the scale going up, if you are going to lose your shit, if you know your pants get a little tighter. It's definitely not an easy phase for mindset. Um, you get bigger. Most of it is hopefully muscle, but body fat is going to happen as well. You just kind of have to get over the fact that you can get that body fat off and then you're going to reveal some amazing muscle that you worked hard to build. Now, so those are the three phases of dieting, maintenance, cut, and bulk. There is this like mystery phase or, you know, bonus phase that is sometimes talked about, which I have done a post on before, called a reverse diet. Now, reverse diet is not an actual phase of dieting. It is just a method um, or a process that nutrition coaches or people can use to kind of implement some more change. There are two instances in which a reverse diet would maybe happen. The first one is someone that just got out of a cut, right? They're eating 1,400 calories. Now you found their new maintenance and it's 1,800 calories. You're going to have to add calories back into their diet to get them back to 1,800. Now, some clients are just like, yeah, just give me the 1,800. I understand the scale is going to go up a pound or two. I'm okay with that. I know I can't live at my leanest, but let's just get me back to eating food. Those clients are great. They understand the process. They're mentally okay with the scale going up because we all know we can't live at our skinniest weight ever or else we will be miserable. And they just jump back into eating. Other times, clients want to, you know, play a little caution with the scale and they don't want to just increase 400 calories a day to their diet. So you can do it in phases, right? Week one, you eat 1600 calories. Week two, 1700. Week three, 1800. And then you're there. That's technically a reverse diet because you're adding calories back into their diet slowly, right? So that's the first instance that you would use a reverse diet. When someone cuts the cut ends, and now you're getting them back to their maintenance calories. The second instance, which is very rare, if it's honest, is where someone who has truly been under eating for a long time, they have eaten 1200 calories day in and day out for years and years and years. And we finally are going to fix this, we are going to focus on their internal health, we are going to feed them again. But we're not just going to jump them up to 1900 calories. They would feel bloated and full and heavy. They'd probably have some bowel movement issues. So what you do is every two weeks, you bump them up 150 calories, right? Week one, we go to 1350. Then week two, we go to 1500. Then 1650. Then 1800. 
okay? So over a span of time, you get more food in their body and you don't wanna just shock them all at once. Scenario two is kind of where the tricky part is and why people get fooled by the term reverse diet. If someone has truly been under eating for years of their life, their metabolism is, metabolism is going to adapt. And now, don't get me wrong, this is not severe cases of like anorexia or true starvation, right? Those people would unfortunately face life-altering, you know, illnesses and possibly death if they didn't fix this. But this is someone who's eating enough for their, you know, their internal organs and bodily functions to happen, but that's about it, right? They're eating just what it takes to survive the day. Their metabolism is going to slow down. Their metabolism is going to try and keep them alive. So it's going to slow down things so they don't burn as many calories, right? This just simply means your body learns to live on as few calories as possible. Something has to give, right? Since there isn't enough adequate fuel coming in. If this person then decides to focus on their nutrition and grow muscle and get rid of that skinny fat look or, you know, get rid of the high body fat count and change their ways, you may have to introduce more food into their diet before you can even think about lowering calories, right? For example, if Trudy was eating 1,200 calories a day for four years, you cannot in good faith or any sort of professional mindset tell her that she is good to go to try and lose five pounds because that would mean you would have to lower Trudy's calories to probably 600 calories a day. Now, she would probably end up starving to death in the hospital or create some permanent damage to her internal health and her external health, right? So we can't possibly help Trudy lose weight or, you know, get the scale down while she's eating 1,200 calories. We have to get those calories up before we can even think about doing a cut. So what you would do is you would work to get her calories up to a safe number for someone her age, height, weight, and activity level. The scale will probably go up if Trudy weighed 130 pounds while eating 1,200 calories and now you're getting her back up to 1,800 calories. She may see 135 on the scale for a bunch of different reasons. She has more food in her body, literally just volume in her body. More food comes more poop. She's got more poop in her body. She might even be just growing muscles from carrying around more weight. Um, She has more carbs in her body, so therefore she's storing a little bit more water. There are a lot of reasons, right? So the scale may go up. It probably will 100% go up, but it must go up if we want to focus on healing her internal health, such as her libido, her energy, her sleep, her skin, and all that. Once Trudy has reached, you know, 1,800 calories and stayed there for a significant time, you can't just hit 1,800 calories and then ask to go on a diet. You have to sit at maintenance for a while and let your body heal. Let your body trust you again that you're going to feed it. During this time period when you're feeding it, your body starts to speed up again. It starts to trust you. It's going to be fed. It can speed up your internal... um, 
functions. It can get going again. You're fueling the fire. But hopefully you can see other changes that are just as important, if not more important during this time. Hopefully Trudy is sleeping better. Her libido is back up. She has more energy. Her hair is stronger. Her nails are stronger. Her face is more hydrated and glowing. There are a lot of things that can happen while eating more calories that are way better for Trudy than just seeing the number on the scale go down. After that time, after she has accurately and inherently stayed at these number of calories for six or so months and she's really noticing these internal health changes, then there's the possibility of cutting calories again because we have kind of healed her internal health and her body is ready for a true cut. That would be one reason for a reverse diet. And to be honest, that is very, very rare. A lot of people think they're Trudy. A lot of females, especially 35 and older, think they are Trudy. They think that they are under eating all the time and they just can't lose weight, right? How many times have you guys heard that? I barely eat and I can't lose weight. Or I just don't eat hardly anything, but I just keep putting on weight. Right, we hear that all the time, especially right. The holidays were not too long ago. We were around some aunts, some in-laws. I'm sure we heard everyone complain about their weight, but somehow they're not eating. It's just magic weight happening. The general public underestimates how much they eat very often and very easily. Right? If you had people write down how many calories they thought they took in a day and then actually track it, for the most part, they are going to be very low on what they thought. They don't have magic tapeworms. They're not broken. They're not the one person in the world that gains weight from not eating. It's simply the fact that they underestimate their caloric intake and they overestimate their energy exponential. So they guess low on how much they eat and they guess high on how much they move, which leads to weight gain, right? It's a tough mix when you think you're eating less and moving more when in reality, you're eating more and moving less, right? It is very common and more common for most women to be in this boat. Again, a little bit of a slap in the face, but it's true. When you audit yourself, you see it. One of the first things and the most common things I hear from new clients after I have them track for three days just to see where they're at is, oh, this is a slap in the face or like, oh, I had no idea. And that's okay. That's fine. That would probably happen to me if I really sat down and audited my Amazon purchases and my finances, right? I would probably underestimate how much I spent on Amazon a month, and I don't want to see that. So now we're going to talk about the situation where Trudy says, I'm eating more and I'm losing weight. And you're like, what? How can that possibly be? Trudy just got a nutrition coach and she's eating more food than she ever has, but the scale is going down. What craziness is this? Or what magician nutrition coach is this? That's me. So what really happened there and why Trudy is able to claim that she's eating more and losing weight is because Trudy thought she was eating 1,100 calories a day. And some days she may have been. Some days she may have been even 800 calories a day. But other days she was not, right? Meaning Trudy logged her food Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And every time she logged it, every time she audited herself, she was around 1,000 to 1,100 calories. What happened was Trudy did not track her food on Tuesday because it was girls' night, taco night. 
She also didn't track her food on Friday because it was date night with the hubby. And she didn't track her food on Saturday because she was out and about running around with the kids' sports. Now, those three days that she didn't track, she was actually averaging 3,500 calories a day. So her weekly average comes out to over 2,000 calories a day. That's more than enough to keep her at her current weight or even put on weight since she does not work out and her steps are pretty low. So it's the fact that we either pick or choose when we track or we undereat some days and then really overeat others. It brings our weekly totals above our net, our needs, above the energy that we are spending. Another thing this Trudy gal can do, she can look at her volume of food and claim she's barely eating. But if we look at the calories, they say otherwise. Right. For example, Trudy has a coffee for breakfast, but it's a latte from Starbucks. She doesn't have any food. It's just simply a coffee. Her next meal is a chicken cutlet wrap from the deli. Chicken cutlet, low fat Swiss on a wrap with romaine lettuce. Not bad. She didn't go to McDonald's. And at dinner, she's home. She has pasta with meat sauce and she has a couple handfuls of trail mix after dinner while she cleans up and does the dishes. So in reality, she had a coffee, she had a wrap from the deli, and then she had pasta with meat sauce and a handful or two of trail mix. That's not a lot of food when you think about that in front of you, right? I could probably eat all of that in one sitting. But let's look at the calories. 350 calorie latte. Easy to do. A lot of people do it. There you go. A fried chicken cutlet from the deli on a wrap that's huge with oil and what whatever they cook with that we know they do even though they don't say it probably over 600 calories her pasta with meat sauce even if it wasn't a huge portion easily over 500 no one in the world eats one portion of pasta no one and two handfuls of trail mix that can run you 400 plus calories So when we look at that, even though her volume was not big and she really only ate like twice that whole day, that was 1,900 calories for what barely looked like a full complete meal for 24 hours. So that's another thing that we do, right? We see, I only ate twice today. I barely eat. Well, did you count your liquids? Did you eat out? Do you know exactly what went in your mouth? Because even though you only ate twice, You're pushing 2,000 calories in those meals. Then the magician, me, comes into play, right? You hire a nutrition coach because you want to get off this hamster wheel. You don't want to dive into the Ozempic world because you really want habit changes and you want this to be long lasting. You don't want your skin to sag down to your ankles. So you hire a lifestyle coach. Her name happens to be CJ. CJ tells these lovely ladies to track their food and let's just aim for 1750, okay? 1,750 calories. We're gonna aim for 150 grams or 600 calories of protein a day. Don't even worry about the carbs and the fats, but I'm gonna suggest that you eat more potatoes and veggies for your carbs, avocado, olive oil for your fats, right? I don't. Not going to make you track your grams for fats and carbs, but I'm going to suggest that you stick to potatoes, vegetables, fruit, olive oils, and healthy fats. 
all of a sudden, two weeks goes by and they're losing weight. Even though in Trudy's eyes, it seems like they are eating so much more than they have been. You might even hear them say, I can't eat all this food, right? I hear this all the time from new clients. I can't do it. I'm shoving food down my face. I'm going to throw up. I can't eat all this food. What they really mean is I can't eat all this whole food because a double Big Mac from McDonald's, which just got brought back last week, is 800 calories, right? But if I put a plate of chicken breast, potatoes, and broccoli in front of you that equaled 800 calories, I don't think you could finish it. You could probably finish the double Big Mac and have a couple fries. 800 calories of chicken breast, broccoli, and potatoes, you are going to have a hard time finishing because of the volume, because of the protein, it's satiating, it's bigger. So then in your eyes, you think you're eating so much more than you were. You're just eating better, wholer, more satiating foods. The changes that you feel are happening because of the quality of food, right? The satiating effect of protein, the actual weighing and tracking of food. There's no more untracked binges or, you know, three times a week happy hour where just one drink, just one drink. There's no more hand-sized wraps from the deli that are actually 500 calories, but nice bowls of six ounces of chicken breast, two cups of potatoes, some steamed zucchini that fills a dinner plate for 450 calories instead and holds Trudy full for over six hours, right? This is the mystery of reverse dieting. It's not some secret eat more, lose weight trick, right? It's not. It's just accurately auditing your food intake and also building meals around lean proteins and nutritious carbs rather than convenient, processed, small, grab-and-go items, right? This is one of the biggest gripes with protein bars, and I, I eat protein bars, but I look at a perfect bar, right? Those peanut butter perfect bars that are delicious, but I'm pretty sure they're like 340 calories. I could make a whole carton of egg whites with an English muffin for 200, and, no, for 350 calories. That is a whole plate of food compared to a little bar that I'm down in five bites. So volume is a big deal. Um, so the next time, right, you're confused on how little you eat or how healthy you eat and you're still not losing weight, do a real audit of your food, right? Download MyFitnessPal or Chronometer. You don't have to pay for the full version if you're just doing a quick audit. And try your best to track what you eat for at least three to four days, right? You don't have to weigh food. You don't have to get a food scale. You can look up items. You can put it in. You can use your hand as a method. It is very eye-opening to see it. And don't change your ways, right? Don't download MyFitnessPal and then all of a sudden have this healthy diet because who are you fooling, right? No one. So many people claim that tracking food, right, is a trigger to them. It's, it's, I don't have a good relationship with food. I can't track. I get that. Um, they also label that tracking food is an eating disorder, which is ridiculous. But yet, when people think it's smart to track your finances, if you're in debt, the first thing people are going to tell you is, well, you have to track your money and figure out where you're spending it and you have to you know, allocate it to the right places. So why is that not a disorder? 
right? Why is that not a problem? Why is that not triggering, right? I couldn't imagine going to my parents and being like, mom, I'm $10,000 in debt and her going, all right, let's start to audit your finances, check your balances, check your money and me going, ah, that's triggering. It hurts me to do that. So I'm not going to. She'd be like, okay, great. Then have fun staying in debt, right? Like if you are overweight or obese and your life is actually at risk, like you are on the path to prediabetes, you are on the path to congestive heart failure or any other disease, but tracking your food triggers you, you got to pick one. You want to get type 2 diabetes or you want to track your food? I mean, I know it might sound harsh, but again, compare it to money. No one says tracking your finances is a mental illness or a disorder. But for some reason with food, because we're so sensitive with our bodies, people associate it with that, right? If you are confused why your bank account won't grow, audit your spending. If you're confused why the scale won't change, audit your eating. It's very simple. One plus one equals two. So you need to hold yourself more accountable. Don't just do it on a Monday or a week where you know you don't have plans. Give it an honest shot. Right? I'm also here if anyone has questions. I can show you great videos on how to use MyFitnessPal by yourself, what you should be looking for, what numbers you should be around for your age, height, weight, activity. Look at your steps too. If you don't wear a smartwatch, your phone counts your steps for you. Yes, we all walk places without our phones, so it's not going to be super accurate. But if you're below 6,000 steps on your phone a day, you're sedentary. You're not moving. We need to fix that. Get yourself a little Fitbit. It's not as big as an Apple Watch. It's not as big as a Garmin. They're kind of cute. Wear it. Hold yourself accountable. Move more, right? If you want to eat more food and lose weight, you have to heal yourself properly. You have to eat the right kind of food. You have to speed up that metabolism, that fuel. You have to grow muscle. I can help you do all that. This community can help you do all that. We have some amazing transformations of people that were this Trudy, right? They were the Trudy that thought they underate for years, when in reality, they underate some days and way overate the others. Some honest tracking and tweaks to their diet made the world of a difference. They've literally said to me, I can't believe I look like this and I'm eating this much, right? Because you're eating good, whole, filling foods. So this is not a long podcast. I just wanted to kind of talk about what a reverse diet is and really harp on the, not the excuse, but the people that you claim that they, you know, don't eat a lot, yet they're not losing weight. Like if you hear someone say that now, you can kind of educate them and be like, well, you're probably just looking at certain days or, you know, you're probably not auditing the calories correctly. You don't know that that salad from... The chopped salad you get from the deli that you assume is healthy is really 1,100 calories, right? That quote of, I eat healthy, but healthy is a very relative term. And you could have what you think is healthy meals all day and they could really pack on the calories, right? That was one of my issues with Weight Watchers is I'll never forget I signed up and it was like the zero points thing. And I was like, okay, I have 20 points a day. Great. Oh, I have these zero points? What are zero points? Egg whites, lean meats, vegetables. I was like, what? How does that make any sense? Those are like my favorite things to eat. So I could have as many egg whites as I wanted. I could have as much chicken breast as I wanted and it doesn't count. I could 
easily eat 4,000 calories of chicken breast, egg whites, vegetables, and other lean meats throughout the day. Guess who's going to put on weight? Me, even though I'm quote unquote eating healthy. It's a matter of calories. doesn't matter how healthy it is. They still add up to calories. Um, all right. Well, I hope this was helpful. I hope this was informative. Please send this to people because I think this is a very real life topic. Um, the, the fact of auditing and thinking you're eating healthy or thinking you're eating little amounts and some reason the weight is not going anywhere. Obviously, this should be paired with a great progressive overload workout program. Those boot camps, sometimes they make you hold on to weight. They are high stress, all cardio. Give it a change. I am here for any questions. We just finished our holiday habit challenge. We are definitely going to be starting a spring challenge to get ready for summer. I also think we are in the works with creating our first ever workshop, which I'm so excited about. It's obviously going to be for local people, but hey, feel free to drive in. That would be awesome. It's going to be around two hours or so where we get into the education on all of this. We're going to have a mindset coach there. Coach Steph is going to go into gut health. I'm going to go over all things nutrition and fitness. We're going to have, you know, um, a Google slideshow, but we're also going to have an interactive notebook that every person can get that's going to have resources and multiple choice questions and true false. So you're really a part of it. Again, the community that we have here is amazing. So I think you can meet some really great people and connect. We're going to have past clients come and talk. So that is something we are working on for early spring. So keep your ears and eyes open for that. It would be great to have you. It's going to be super low cost. We're even going to have food um, from one of the meal prep services around here, uh, Redefine. So it's going to be an awesome, awesome experience. I just have to work out the logistics with where, but everything else is pretty much ready to go. So I will announce when that comes up, and I really hope everyone can make it, even if you are not from Long Island. Maybe plan a trip. Spring and summer in Long Island is beautiful. All right, so have an awesome day. Please share this one. This is one that's going to help anyone and everyone, especially all your fun coworkers and loved family members and in-laws. Have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. Like always, if you could possibly leave a review, share this, follow the podcast. It means so much to me. It's really the only way that I can keep doing this um, without having to try and do some sort of fee. So again, anyone you send this to, again, I appreciate it. You guys are all the best. Remember, we don't need to live at 100%. 90 to 93 is absolutely amazing. We don't need to do 75 hard. We can just do 365 above average. Keep showing up. Thank you.